Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Modern Retail Podcast. I'm Kale Guthrie Weissman, the editor-in-chief of Modern Retail. This week, I'm really excited. We have Adam Wazensky, who heads U.S. operations at Gorillas, And I have been so fascinated with Gorillas and the overall quick uh, grocery delivery space. Uh, I can't walk down the streets of New York City, where I live, without seeing an ad for a company like Gorillas these days. And I've been wanting to talk with you guys for a really long time now. Um, but Adam... Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having us. Excited to be here. Absolutely. So first, why don't you just give a rundown? So what, what is your purview? What do you what do you do at Gorillas? Sure. As U.S. head of operations, you know, I'm responsible for everything, um, you know, that that has to do with with the day to day ops. Right. So uh, from uh, the delivery to supply chain, to marketing, to user acquisition, to, you know, uh, not directly responsible for, for for everything, but have a hand in in sort of dictating the strategy and and developing the, the tactics to, you know, grow and and uh, grow a sustainable business. Wow! So user acquisition. So does that mean that you have your hand in the marketing side of things as well? Sure, we have a a, a really strong team uh, who's who's focused both in Germany and 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 locally here, but um, certainly working really really closely, collaborating with them to to you know. Uh, develop the marketing strategy. Cool. Well, I want to get into all of that. And I also want to get into the history of Gorillas because, as you said earlier, um, you're, it's a German-based company. But first, tell me a little about yourself. Sort of what's your background? Because you hail from, a, from some big tech startups, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So uh, I spent, you know, almost all of my my post-college career for, for about 10 years at WeWork, um, you know, just Growing through through the company and, and launching new markets and and overseeing certain regions and um, uh, for for the company there and uh, so yeah spent spent a lot of time uh, uh, with the sort of ups and downs that that many people are familiar with that that we were. What was your final purview? What, what was your final role there? Uh, I was the general manager for the tri-state business. And so I guess, would, would you say that there are similarities in sort of what you do now with Gorillas and WeWork in terms of that you're dealing, I imagine, with a lot of physical real estate and figuring out where things go and fitting pegs into holes, I imagine? Yeah, there's there's a lot of similarities to, to WeWork um, in the sense that we are looking for a physical footprint, uh, looking to be where our customers are and want to be, and... Uh, delivering on sort of a physical product that um, you know we have to sort of build from from nothing, right? So uh, taking taking space that's sort of empty and uh, reimagining it and uh, doing it in a way that that is uh, uh, you know uh, that 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 meets the customer's needs. Got it. Let's go back a little bit. What is the history of Gorillas? Sort of, I'm always interested to know of these sort of convenience startups that have launched in Europe because I always think of the need for convenience as a deeply American need. But clearly, I'm wrong because uh, you're, it's a German company. So, wh- how did it start? How has it grown? What is the, sort of the trajectory of the company been? Sure. Yeah. So it started. It started in Europe um, about two years ago, and. Um, yeah, was was sort of born out of the like like you said that the need and the desire for for convenience and and obviously that the world was going through some some you know unprecedented uh, 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 times with with COVID and and certain people were certain countries and, and areas were locked down and so um, you know our 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 CEO and, and co-founder Khan was was uh, 
you know, passionate about, about delivering these essential needs to, to folks uh, in, in real time, really. Uh, and so, you know, from there, I, I think what, what, what is so uh, interesting about what you just said is, is it isn't an American sort of uh, or U.S. desire to, to, for, for this sort of quick commerce uh, industry. Uh, and I think, I think what, what is interesting for, for us, uh, what, what we're finding and, and what I, I feel like we, we have the opportunity to do is give the customers back a lot of time that they didn't have prior, right? And, um, you know, you don't have to spend all day at the grocery store in line, uh, you know, picking out the products and, and all that. You can, you can literally think, oh, I need groceries and, you know, minutes later have them at your doorstep. And so giving people back their, their days and their times to focus on what they want to do and do what they want to do has, has really been the driving factor uh, behind, I think, a lot of our adoption and, and users. When did Gorillas launch in the U.S.? Uh, Gorillas launched in end of May, early June of last year, 2021. When did you join the company? Same time, May May of yeah. 2021, yeah. So what was your strategic vision of growing in the U.S.? How did you see that happening? I think we we started in New York, which, which is always sort of a, a competitive and expensive market, which we knew. But I think our goal is to sort of really uh, win the hearts and minds of, of New Yorkers and, and the, the, the consumption of, of New Yorkers. And I think we can, we can then take it from, from there and, and go elsewhere. Um, I think what we found since is that it's ultra competitive and uh, there's, there's a lot of, of uh, uh, market share to win or to, to, to capture. And um, you know, educating uh, customers, not only on what Gorillas is, but what is quick commerce and why do I need it, right? Has, has been sort of the, the interesting challenge or, or, or um, you know, what, what our kind of, um, what, what we've spent a lot of time um, working through. How did you go about figuring out where specifically in New York you would launch, how you would bring over the hearts and minds and educate people? Was it just sort of an, an advertisement bombardment, a marketing bombardment? Was it about strategically choosing the neighborhoods that were the best? Walk me through your, your overall thoughts about that. And how did you find the real estate that worked for that? Yeah, sure. I think when we sort of originally looked looked at a, a map, we sort of identified, you know, a series of neighborhoods across all of the boroughs, right, that we would want to, to launch in. Uh, and we put a team on the ground to, to go find the best real estate or, or the real estate that would work within those, those neighborhoods uh, based on our delivery zones, based on where the customers live, based on, you know, a, a variety of different factors, you know, all the way down to is this street a one way or a two way, right? Which, which makes a big difference when we're talking about minutes, right? Uh, and so we, we, we put all that sort of uh, all that data together and, and, and identified certain zones that, that we would uh, be most successful in and, and sort of uh, went about it like, like that, you know, and um, we're still obviously expanding across New York as we, we continue to uh, uh, find the real estate in, in those neighborhoods that we like and, and uh, want to be in. Um, but, you know, I think we know we need to be sort of everywhere and, and serve all of the customers in, in New York. Um, you know, today I think we have coverage in uh, 
four out of the five boroughs and and not full coverage, but but partial coverage in four out of the five boroughs. And you know, our aim is to continue to expand to to reach as many people as we can. Does that mean you're not in Staten Island yet? We're not in Staten Island yet. Any any day now? Yeah, potentially. <laughs> so, is there like a formula for f- finding the right space? Is it that is? Do you want to work with a developer you've worked with before who you'll give you a good rate? Is it about you know a certain way that the space is, or that it once acted in a certain capacity? Walk me through the actual figuring out what are the best when 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 you know a certain place is going to work both financially and and geographic wise for a certain location. Sure, I think most importantly. You know, first we're looking at at the the density within area or the the um, you know really it, it really boils down a lot a lot to density as as this model works really well with with uh, density in New York um, and you know it, it really isn't as much about uh, what was the space prior to to us or anything you know we need a certain amount of square feet that we know that we can operate in. Um, you know, it needs to be. Uh, there's a certain set of criteria, checklist that 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 space needs to needs to uh, check off. Um, but the the space, you know, we have former a former bank or a, a former you know uh, uh, convenience store or, or like it doesn't really matter what it was prior. It really matters where it is and you know how. Um, but what what the sort of um, uh, density is within that sort of radius around the store. How long does it take you to build out a new space? Uh, weeks, not not very long at all. Really, and like, and so walk me through also skew expansion or sort of just skew what it is that you offer because I feel like y- you know my understanding when I first learned about I feel like grill is it was more of a convenience play if I needed you know something quickly like toothpaste I could get it really quickly but now it feels like the the way that I understand it is more it's more of grocery if I need broccoli i can i can have that delivered to me as well so how, how have you chosen what items are in each store such such that they're feasible and they're not dying on the shelves we from from day one gorillas has sort of been focused on on a full assortment right um we've always had the assortment of of you know what what's akin to sort of a medium-sized grocery store um and that is runs the the the, the whole gamut from uh fruits, vegetables, meat, eggs, dairy, uh, down to your ambient products. And, and we do have snacks and sodas and things like that, but, but it's not our, our sort of top selling category, right? Our top selling category is fresh food, things that you would get for fruits, vegetables, meats, dairies, all of that, eggs. Uh, and so I think what I was speaking about before and, and sort of educating what quick commerce is, I think that's part of, part of this, right? It's, how do we how do we allow people or, or or educate folks on this piece of it that that you don't just come to Gorillas for a Coca Cola and a bag of chips and ice cream you come to us if you want that but you can also get broccoli and apples and chicken and uh, oat milk and you know whatever you would go to a grocery store for you would come to us for and so we're looking at a lot of data uh, as it relates to, to shopping habits in in New York. Um, you know, at traditional grocers, at, at um, um, uh, delivery, uh, grocery delivery companies, et cetera, and, and, and really trying to build the, the skew mix to match those shopping habits that already exist within, within New York. Uh, and, and we have a real 
uh, focus on this because we think our assortment is really what can set us apart from from some of the other uh, players in the in the market. Got it. So, do you find that what what are the products that people most often turn to you first for? Is it that they it is like is there something they often say this is the first thing they get and then they realize that you have a full assortment and that's what keeps them coming back? You know, I I don't think that's the case. Um, I think that more often what happens is certain use cases um, kind of are the entryway into our product, right? So for for one example, uh, I need my week's groceries. Some people enter our, our app and know that we we offer full groceries. That's ideal uh, because obviously, you know, that's that's what we do. Some people have, you know, forgotten an ingredient and they're already boiling the water and they need it really quick, right? But then they start searching through the app and like, wow, I didn't realize that I could also get the rest of my meal on this on this app as well, right? Uh, and some people are saying, you know what, it's Friday night and uh, I'm going to have some friends over and I just want some uh, appetizers or, or something, right? But then they also realize, oh, there is a full, full skew. So I think there's different use cases that people first come to the app for, but then realize I can use this for so many other things. Uh, and it really is about the convenience in those, in all of those use cases. Mm-hmm. Are you, as someone who's, you know, building out these programs, you know, store by store, hoping for an ideal economics? Are you hoping that one has enough demands such that it reaches profitability or something like that? Sort of how, are, what, are, what are the goals in terms of e- each of those locations for what they need to do in order to to feel viable for the vi- business. Yeah, I mean we're we're uh, heavily focused on on bringing this uh, every one of our stores to profitability. Uh, we've we've sent uh, or we spent a lot of time over the last uh, you know call it let's let's say twelve months uh, as a company and and we have actually some some stores in Europe that that have proven the profitability, which is great. Uh, and, and working really quickly here in the new, in the New York market to do the same. And so, um, you know, we're always looking for, uh, it, it really boils down to the, the order volume within a store and, you know, New York is, is like I said, so dense that there's, there's more than enough sort of people within our radius to, to, to easily, uh, achieve these profitability across all of our stores. We're now going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Can you talk me through just sort of the overall like makeup of the stores? I think you were recently featured on Planet Money, if I'm not mistaken, and you talked about, um, I think you specifically were actually featured on it, which must have been pretty cool. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, like where you talked about it's a dark store that is oriented towards not how a normal store operates with like products together, but it's more oriented towards making it a quick pick and there not being mistakes. How has that program been built out? How does it work? You know, was that something that has been there since day one, or did you learn how to how to design such a store over over the last year? Yeah, I mean, we we have a the the sort of benefit of a lot of learnings from Europe, right? And so when we launched in in New York, it wasn't like we were taking learn opening our first store ever. It was New York's first store, but it was it was you know Gorilla's hundredth or or whatever it was, right? And so. We, we did have the benefit of, of learning quite a bit. And, and obviously we had to train the staff and, and take some of those bruises ourselves, right? And, and learn as, as we went, but always, always trying to, to improve. So, um, you know, the products are, are changing areas on the shelf. And sometimes we, we you know, I don't know, like we're, we're always kind of uh, 
running into challenges being a new market and being a new sort of industry within the market of, of how we uh, best operate. So, um, yeah, the stores are, are uh, if you walk inside, they, they look like grocery stores. Um, it's not, a, it's not, it's more akin to, to a, like I said, a medium-sized grocery store than it would be a warehouse or a, a, a small convenience store. So, um, you know, you have aisles, you have your produce aisle, uh, fridges, freezers, um, you know, uh, it's just, if, if you really look at the details, you wouldn't see all the pasta together, right? Or you wouldn't see all the sauces together like you would in a grocery store. Uh, and that is uh, all because we want to, we don't need it to be close. Right. Uh, our our mapping software within the store is telling our uh, associates where to go to, to get this particular item. And it doesn't need to be in the sauce aisle. Right. It needs to be wherever it says for them to go, essentially. Got it. About how many people per store per associates? Like what, what's the average you know, headcount? It varies based on the order volume within that particular store. Um, so it could be anywhere from, you know, Two or three to, to five to, to six, but it, it's it's fairly efficient in uh, you know uh, in, in grocery store standards, right? I I recently read uh, I think it was a New York Post article or something like that, but it mentioned that you're you're now offering in store pickup. Is that correct? We are. Is that something that has always been available since day one and just hasn't been announced? Is that something that's offered in Europe? What's how how does that overall work? So. Our stores have always part part of our requirement for being a retailer is they're open to the public and and you know you accept cash and and there's there's several uh, requirements right and and so Gorillas has always been open. Um, we've never publicized it because it's not the experience that we want to offer our customers. Um, but now, as you know, we continue to sort of mature and be, become members of, of uh, our, these neighborhoods that we operate within. Uh, yeah, we have our, our first store that that we've curated a, a, a version one experience of in-store pickup. And uh, that's in the Lower East Side here in New York City, um, where where you can order uh, on the app and specify that that you're going to pick it up and it'll be waiting for you while you're there or 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 you know it only takes us a few seconds or a few minutes to 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 pick any order anyway so you know you're in and out with your groceries in 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 just a few minutes so it's a pretty cool experience that that we're going to keep you know iterating on and becoming better at and then you know continue to roll that uh through the other stores has that sort of experience been offered in Europe or is this a a, a New York first I think there's there there may be a few. It, it, it hasn't been a priority in in Europe. I'll I'll say that. But but certainly, um, I don't think we're the the, the first uh, the first country to do it. I do think there's there's a few others. But but certainly the the ones to to kind of prioritize it and and continue to focus on on its its expansion. So that leads me to the, the question that I've been really wanting to ask, which is: Do you is there, given that you started in Europe, um, and you know you learned you know, what necessarily people want, how they buy, what's going on. And I always find, I, I think that there are different consumer needs in different geographies with, you know, that are associated with different cultures. Is Have you had to tailor things in the United States that are different than they are when things started in Berlin? Like, what what have you found, what what have been your big learnings in New York from customers that aren't the same from from overseas? I think our, the, the few things that, that I knew we had to focus on uh, when we launched New York, and not that we don't focus on this in, in Europe, but I just knew that that New Yorkers really appreciate a few things, which is one, 
we had to have the right products every time somebody opened the app because there's very little sort of patience for uh, out of stocks or, oh, you don't have oat milk or I, I only use this. Sorry. You know, we also wanted to focus on um, a, a really strong customer experience. So we know we're going to, or, or we know there's a possibility for us to to mess up or, or to, to pick the wrong item or, or whatever it may be. But, but what is that experience like when that happens, right? We all can, can point to an example of, of, you know, a company messing up and winning us, winning a customer for life, right? Because the, the experience of, of that mistake was so great for the customer. Uh, we, we put a lot of focus into that as well. Um, and, um, you know, just the, like I said before, the assortment is uh, incredibly important here as well. There's a diverse set of, of cultures and, and people in New York City. And, and so we need to, we, we definitely want to have something for everybody, you know, and, and I think uh, that's why we've, we've sort of focused on the assortment so heavily. So I wanted to ask you more about that or sort of that, that leads me to the next thing, which is customer acquisition. You mentioned that you're a big differentiator in the New York area because there are a lot of different services that offer a similar convenience offering. Um, you, you focused on be, you know, ha- having the best selection, having a more encompassing selection. What else have you focused on in terms of trying to differentiate yourself from, from all the other services out there? Like I said, the, the, the experience from the moment you open up the app to the moment the groceries and even after the groceries are at your door, what, what was that overall experience, right? And it's not about, uh, we can get you groceries in eight minutes, but if it's wrong, it doesn't matter how fast it was, right? We want every order to be perfect. We want every order to be, uh, or every uh, customer to, to, to find what they want on the app. Um, and, uh, you know, we want, um, we want people to have just like a, a great interaction with gorillas, whether that's with the rider or whether that's with a, uh, uh, when you chat us in or, or however your interaction is with gorillas, we want it to be sort of top notch and memorable. And so, um, we think that, that by, by creating a great experience from app opening to beyond grocery delivery, people will come back and, and, and want to want to use us again and, and start to really find those new use cases. Like I was talking about before, uh, of why to use gorillas and when to use gorillas and, and, and the benefits of it. Where are you finding most of the new customers are coming from? I feel like you guys are on a smattering of different channels. Marketing-wise, I see you you know, on subways. I see you in my Instagram. Are you finding one is resonating with New York consumers more than the other or anything along those lines? Um, you know, we have a, a, a very strong referral program. You know, word of mouth has been really, really amazing for us. Um, again, and, and that's another benefit to, to creating this really awesome experience is that people want to tell their friends about it. They're comfortable saying, hey, you should use gorillas for, you know, this reason. And they do. Right. And, and so we have a, a really strong referral channel. Um, you know, I think the, the, the thing I'll say about uh, customer acquisition in, in general is it's not really about um, we're growing the pie. Like all of the players in the space are, are growing a, a quick commerce pie, right? And so if X percent, if the, if the pie, if the grocery delivery pie is X percent quick commerce, tomorrow it's going to be 2X and next month it'll be 3X and, and so forth, right? And so, um, you know, the, the customer acquisition is, is not, uh, I think, I think together we're sort of growing 
growing that pie and making it so so people understand, like I said, the benefits of, of this whole industry and why would I use it? Because it seems a little bit um, uh, impossible when you think about it, uh, like groceries in minutes and, and then you use it. And you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, that is a, a, a great service. So you mentioned, you know, the overall space that there are so many different companies is is growing the pie. In the last few weeks specifically, we've had a few that have gone out of business or have had, you know, other things happen. Do you think that there is more consolidation happening now or some some of the companies are seeing their financials not quite work out? What what's going on in the space specifically now with these last few headlines? Yeah, I think listen, it's super un- unfortunate of of uh the the sort of happenings of the last few weeks, but um out of a lot of people's control and and so certainly feel for for those those companies but um yeah i think you know like i said we're really we're really educating this is a really young mark young industry in the u.s to your point earlier um it's it's far more mature in europe you know you can ask people in in a lot of people in these these large cities in europe like e-commerce is and and there's probably a majority of people that have used it or or use it uh, regularly, and so New York, it's really not not the same just yet, or the U.S., it's not the same uh, just yet. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I can't fully predict as as to what's going to happen, but but there's certainly going to be more space for for uh, and more uh, opportunities for for more than one company. Uh, in the future, right? That the pie, like I was describing earlier, is going to get large enough to where, uh, you know, you have multiple ride sharing companies, you have multiple food delivery companies, you have multiple grocery delivery companies. Uh, that the, that's that's where we we foresee this market sort of going, uh, where where there'll be you know multiple multiple uh, companies kind of delivering on this service, and and you know we aim to be one of them. Is quick commerce solely an urban phenomenon? Like as you as you know, if Gorilla expands, will it only be in the major ne- metro networks areas? Excuse me, or will you be trying to focus on other regions where it might be less fast because it's further out? I mean, one of the biggest uh, players in the space is is across many many non major urban cities, uh, and and so uh, I think that that well the the modes of of transportation may change or the, the, uh, the average delivery time could, could change the need for people or the, the desire for people to, to, uh, take advantage of this, this convenience and to give themselves back time is not unique to cities. Uh, and so I, I, I do firmly believe that, that this model can work outside of major cities. It obviously works in, incredibly well in major cities, but, but can work outside as well. So, so let me push a little bit further. What, what then is the convenience? So like, you know, I imagine for us, a quick convenience for gorillas is the fact that I will get it ideally in 10 minutes in less than an hour, let's say. But, you know, uh, is is would there be a difference in what you could offer if I'm in a rural place and I get it just within a day? That's that that doesn't it seems like similar offerings elsewhere. So what, like what what is the what is convenience when when you expand it outwards? Sure. I mean, I, I don't know, sort of, I can't say the exact, you know, timing or it, I think it really depends on, on the infrastructure that exists with wh- where you go, right? Uh, some places can't get anything in an hour, right? So an hour would be like, holy cow, like, look at all the time I've just saved, right? Some places like New York City, you can get anything in <laughs> any amount of time, right? So like the the sort of uh, uh, stakes of, of uh, the game sort of 
go up in in New York, right? But I, I don't I don't know that it's a it doesn't have to be sort of a one size all uh, one size fits all model every single place you go. I think it just you know we just want to deliver on on our our uh, you know the mission of of delivering these essential goods to people um, and giving them back this time that they 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 may not have otherwise. Got it. So for you or for Gorillas US, I should say, what is the overall goal for the next year? Is it just mastering New York, new new geography? Sort of what are you thinking about in terms of where, where the next strategic expansion is? Yeah, I think um, certainly there's so much opportunity in New York. Um, we want to really focus here as well as, you know, we're, we're always exploring different opportunities. And, and when the time is right, you know, we hope to, to uh, expand outside of New York. But but I don't think that time is right now because of, you know, the the amount of opportunity that exists here. I think, you know, the the uh, benefits of sort of continuing our focus here are greater than than uh, focusing elsewhere. And so um, for the time being, we're we're 100 percent here and focused here and, and uh, kind of live, breathe New York. Cool. All right. We're almost about out of, t- out of time, but I have one more question, which is uh, just sort of what are you experiencing in terms of like overall labor needs? I know that, correct me if I'm wrong, but all of your delivery people, they're employees, correct? They're, they're W-2. So are you, are you, I know that a bunch of other companies, both that hire, but also use more gig work have been, had difficulty finding talent, especially when there are so much need and so much demand. Have you found that? How are you finding people? What's going on in the whole talent front of things? Yeah, I mean, one of the the most important pieces to delivering an experience is you have to have really strong and, and committed people, right? And so uh, we focus a lot of time on on uh, finding enough and finding the right people. We thankfully, to, to date, haven't had uh, some of the shortages that you see across other industries and across other cities and, and companies, but um, have been really fortunate to be able to find really great people. Uh, we are fully w, W2 employees across uh, all of New York. Um, you know, we offer full-time positions, part-time positions. And I think, you know, uh, part of the, you have, we're, we're really focused on building a really great culture for, for all of our store teams, including our riders. Um, you know, they get a, 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 all of the equipment to do their job properly. And, and, you know, we're focused on their safety and, 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 in ways that that they may not get in other places, and so I think uh, it's part of of part of the sort of um, good fortune in, in in not having issues finding really qualified people and really great people has been our commitment to them once they're here, uh, and so keeping them here and, and making sure that we're we're sort of investing in them to to deliver on on what we want to do here has has been a key to that. Got it. Well. Adam, thank you so much. This has been a really great conversation. I appreciate you joining me. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Modern Retail Podcast, a show by Digiday. If you haven't already, please do subscribe and head to Apple Podcasts to leave us a review and a rating. See you next week.